Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show, and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show, and I have a phenomenal guest today. Uh, her name is Tiffany Gaines. She is the CEO of Blazes Entertainment, uh, LLC. Uh, she is an entertainment mogul uh, and uh, also a faithful friend and a dear friend. How are you, my dear? Oh, I am wonderful, and thank you once again. I'm so glad I got to finally do this interview with you. Well, you know, uh, busy people who are really doing a darn thing, um, this is normal, right? So I, I'm, I'm appreciative and honored that uh, uh, we finally found some time together. Yes, yes. And I wanted to tell you, too, it's Blazes Entertainment, and SSMG is the music label. So that's oh, okay. your success music group. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how you got started with this and what is it that uh, both companies do, and uh, because you're doing some great things with some great artists. Uh, but I want, I want to, yeah, I want everyone to know. Really, let's get in, in, in deep in terms of all of the things that you bring to an artist. Okay, so basically, SSMG is the music group. Um, that music group actually helps. It's, it's kind of like a major label services with at a fraction of the price. So you get access to everything that I have. Um, you know, built throughout the years with the relationships of all the big heads of the business, the big wigs of the business, for lack of a better word. And at a, at a either free, you know, no cost to the artist because it's inclusive to the distribution package, or it's at a much cheaper rate than anyone would get, you know, being outside of the platform. So... Basically, just to give you an idea, um, I have distribution through Universal Music Group's main distributors in Groove's Fontana Universal. Mm-hmm. So, on top, you know, an artist can't just go and, you know, Google or, or uh, reach out to someone and say, hey, I want to I distribute my music through Universal Music Group's uh, distributors. So, that's the exclusivity that I offer um, as far as independent-wise. Um, to these artists. I also offer YouTube partnerships with a company called Fullscreen. Um, Daryl Andrews, uh, unfortunately, he's no longer with the company. He he moved on to bigger and better things, but still tying into the YouTube platform. Um, This company basically offers ways for artists to make $10 to $40 per thousand views through guerrilla campaigns. So, Mm -hmm. you know, what I do basically is, that's just a side, you know, uh, one of the things that I offer as a part of the distribution platform. But, um, you know, you can't just go to these people and say, hey, this is what I want to do and, you know, help me out. So that's what you're getting with me is exclusivity. And the company's tied to 76 different companies, um, you know, from marketing to radio campaigns to uh, several different outlets. It's, it, it's all tied into marketing. 
So that's where Blazes Entertainment comes in. Okay. Blazes Entertainment is basically the entertain, entertainment side of the business from, from uh, you know, YouTube to uh, world star hip-hop to, you know... Um, and you have in your catalog over 75,000 tracks and beats, is that right? I do, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I do. When it comes to producers, I also offer um, publishing opportunities as well uh, with placements in music and film uh, from independent films all the way to motion picture. So that as well is, is something that I offer, you know, major label services at a fraction of the cost. Now, I'm so, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, dear. Go ahead, Tiffany. I was going to say, I have um, 34 producers, you know, under working with me, and some of them are well-known, Battle Cat, Jelly Roll, uh, Richie Ridge, um, you know, and, and obviously the artist that I manage, Dr. Dre's son, Curtis Young, um, produces as well, as well as independent producers or, so, you know, ghost producers, so to speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what, you know, what it surfaces around. Where did this come from? Because you just didn't wake up, uh, uh, come out of the womb, and this all started. This, you say you've been in the business thirty years. You look only like you're you're nineteen. Thirty years of experience is combined <laughs> of to, with all of the big wigs of the business that I have combined. I mean, me, I've only been in the entertainment world since I was 19. I won't tell my age, but <laughs> it's, I, you know, I guess I'm kind of kind of seasoned, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely been a journey. Um, as far as how I got into all of this, it actually started out with modeling. Um, hated it. Absolutely hated it. Did that for really? a year and a half. Yeah, um, with a baby fat. And moved my way up into the entertainment world where, you know, I can still go into acting or I can go into music. And I've always written, um, written poems, written, you know, songs for independent artists. And eventually... I met several mainstreams, and believe it or not, Dub C of West Side Connection was one of the first um, hip-hop artists that I met up with, and he told me one thing that I will always take with me. He said, you know, as a woman of the entertainment world or as a woman being able to do whatever she can do as far as um, in comparison to a man, you can either be beautiful or you can be beautiful and successful. And I took that with me, you know, and said, okay, so tell me more about what you mean. He was like, well, I can put you in front of whoever. You know, I can put you in front of uh, mainstream artists. I can put you in front of executives of the business. And then you work your magic. You just do what you do. And, yeah, that literally was the start of my whole connection to the industry. (laughs) Go figure, Dubsy, right? (laughs) That's amazing. But you know what I – well – a couple of things. One, where did the where did the name uh, Blasia come from? Blasia came from um, my nationality. I'm half black, half Asian. So um, that name actually came from the modeling world. Um, they and this, uh, I don't want to talk too bad about them, but they don't really <laughs> reference the women by their name. A lot of it is like, hey, you, okay, you in the green, you know. So eventually I became known as the black and Asian girl. Where's that black and Asian girl? Where's that black? Where's that Blasian girl? Blasian, where is she? And then eventually it turned into Blasia. 
And I liked it. I said, okay, you know what? Let's run with it. Blasia, black and Asian, sounds like a name. And, yeah, that's what the whole half of the face of my signature picture is. Um, you know, it represents the, the eyes that slant. And then the face, obviously, the color. So that's half me, half black, half Asian. Okay. (laughs) Now, one of the things that I noticed about uh, your work uh, and you is you're not jaded. You are a very positive, upbeat, motivated, and motivational individual. I look at your status updates uh, on (laughs) Facebook, and uh, they should be in a book. I mean, really, they're just amazing uh, where did this positive attitude come from, and how do you transfer that to uh, your artists? Well, I'll let you know now. You know, as a secret's out, I am writing a book, and it does surface around the motivational um, speaking and, and, you know, the messages or whatnot. But as far as, um, you know, it comes from my background, um, my dad, my aunties, my uncles, they're all preachers and pastors. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm constant. I, I have this disciplined um, thought process always to reference number one God, and then you know put that to whatever it is that you're focusing on as far as goal, purpose, and whatnot. So, the artists that I really surf- you know really uh, pay close attention to or I work closely with, they somehow just seem to you know fall in the category or the genre of hip hop. It's not that I cater to only that specific genre. However, for some reason, um, maybe it's because it started all with Dub C, but for some reason, um, you know, the gang, ex-gang members, the felons, the, um, you know, the ones with stories, those passionate artists are the ones that have always touched me with their stories or with, um, you know, their music. And I've always taken that into consideration when someone approaches me as an independent artist and says, hey, you know what, can you help me with my music? Um, so these stories, these, you know, struggles of life that these artists are going through or have been through or are still currently going through mm-hmm. is something that I've taken into a whole other level of perspective when it comes to speaking to them. You know, um, they all... Talk when they speak to me, they all reference me, uh, um, you know, in an endearing way, like boss lady or, um, you know, Tiffany. What I need your motivation. I need your, you know, words of encouragement. It gets them by. Mm-hmm. So I've I've made it a point, literally, to uh, make sure that I reach out to the ones that I feel are going through something, you know, or I'll take time out of the day to make sure that I sit with them and just give them some words of encouragement. And I figure, you know what, Facebook and social media is the perfect way to reach as many as I possibly can with, you know, outside of my circle. So that's really where it comes from. (laughs) How how has, uh, you you do a terrific job. How has social media uh, uh, helped you do what you do? Uh, Oh, wow. It's definitely a game changer. (laughs) It's part of of my purpose. It's funny, ironically, people used to say, Facebook is the devil, you know, because there's so many (laughs) bad things that surface around or that result, you know from Facebook uh, with relationships and all that kind of stuff. But on a good note, um, wow, it, it's reached, It's allowed me to reach out to the international realm, 
you know, um, I can literally have a conversation with someone in Italy to help with expanding my market, you know, or or China or Germany, wherever, at a click of a button. So it, it's helped me gain, a lot. matter of fact, a lot of the 76 different companies that I have now that I've partnered with has resulted from that, from mm-hmm. Facebook mm-hmm. and social media. So, yeah. yeah. I guess I have to give them a shout-out, too. <laughs> Mark, if you're listening, Zook, we love you. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Zook, man. Um, He's the man. <laughs> He's the man. Uh, you, speaking of the man, uh, you, you're working with an artist uh, that uh, is near and dear to my heart uh, and, uh, and and millions of others, and that is Curtis Young, the son of Dr. Dre, who has a phenomenal uh, a talent, but also an incredible story. Uh, how did that relationship be- uh, develop between you and he? Well, ironically, um, you know, I've knew- I've known his dad. Uh, we've worked together in the past um, with his production company and all that, and so I don't touch too much on that business relationship, it, it somehow, when this approached me, it's actually a, a friend of mine, he came to me and he was supposed to be managing him, but it didn't work out, he had a lot going on, and he said, you know what, Tiffany, if anybody would have the dedication, um, you know, as far as working with someone, I want to bring you as a part of the management team to see if we can make help help Curtis with this vision. Mm-hmm. So I thought about it, and I was like, ah, you know, I don't know, because... I actually researched him and knew of Curtis um, as hood surgeon. And, you know, <clears throat> the influences that he had at the time with the, the streets and, you know, it wasn't as positive as I was hoping to, to be a part of as far as a, mm-hmm. a vision or a brand. But he said, no, I'm telling you, he's getting good, doing away with hood surgeon. He wants to be represented as Curtis Young, um, a, a more conservative a new era of hip-hop. He's very respectful in person. You know, he's a great guy. Just give him a chance. So, long story short, um, we actually, you know, did, I did some research. I liked his music. And the guy that introduced me um, said, you know what, it's there's a lot that he had going on. So I went on and literally took over. Um, I sat with Curtis and his wife at their house, and they told me the entire story. And you guys will find out more about this in the movie um, that he's going to be coming out with, Product of My DNA, Product of My DNA, as well as his documentary, his book, um, you know, and so much more. But the story was so impacting where literally to go from a child and think that you're somebody and to be told by your stepfather who you thought was your father that, no, matter of fact, you know what, in an argument as well, I'm not your dad. You know, Dr. Dre is your dad, so go, you know, go deal with that, go accept that, or go go figure that out. Mm-hmm. You know, as a 12-year-old, that was something, you know, hard to deal with. And hard to accept, hard, hard to understand, I'm sure. And going through growing up and, and listening to Dr. Dre and, and looking at him as an icon and find out that, wow, this is my lineage, this is where I'm coming, this is my bloodline. Um, there was a lot of loss of identity. There's a lot of questions, mm-hmm. you know, unanswered questions. And it, it wasn't until he was in his late, in his, in his 20s, he was 20, that he actually met 
Dre and they did a DNA test or whatnot, um, his lawyer actually contacted him and said, hey, let's do a DNA test and let's figure this out. And long story short, they met and, you know, there's so many years that just have went by where there's no father figure, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And to not tell too much of the story, it, his loss of identity and him just trying to figure his way out of where he where he was and where he is today and what he's supposed to do as far as purpose, I feed off of that. So I said, you know what, and I was praying one day, I said, you know, if this is meant to be, let it happen. Mm-hmm. And when I go and meet with him and his wife, I need to feel this comfort. I need to feel that this is you, um, meaning God. And, yeah, it, from then from then on, it's been family. Wow. <laughs> I look at him and his wife as family, yeah. That is unbelievable. I, I, I can't wait. Uh, when, when is the uh, documentary uh, due, uh, due out or is it in production? Well, it was, it's being worked on now. There's so many things that's going on. I'm trying very hard to stay patient as far as structuring everything and making sure that it comes out and releases at the right time because there's investors, you know, coming left and right saying, I want to be a part of the vision. And then there's, you know, people that are very into the situation. However, you know, they want it to happen yesterday. So before we do any premature releasing or premature speaking of dates and time, um, just know it's coming. We're we're definitely working on it. Right now we're focused on his album, um, Doctor's Note, and we just released two singles, uh, October 1st, which is doing well, and we just combined our movements um, with Freeway Ricky Ross. He's another guy with a, a powerful story that's very influ- become very influential with, with regards to helping the, the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, um, motivational speaking, and, and uh, he has a literate, literacy programs to help kids read and, you know, donating books and whatnot. So that's, that's me. You know, anything that ties into helping, um, you know, helping people be able to better themselves in any way possible, that's pretty much what I envision my, my whole purpose around. <laughs> As difficult it is to uh, be an artist, um, Definitely. knowing the ins and outs as you do, uh, what advice would you give uh, an indie artist uh, that uh, is, you know, out here trying to make it, uh, if you will, uh, and just hasn't had a break yet? Well, right now, you know, if an artist comes to me and they're saying, they say, hey, you know what, I want to be a part of your program, um, I go through a screening and with that screening, right now I have 257 artists um, who are a part of the platform. Before they can even get a yes from me, I need to know one thing. Um, do they understand that this requires patience in order to succeed, period, in anything? And when I say patience, I mean are you willing to be okay with selling five singles in one month, and then next month working on 10 singles getting sold, and then progress, I don't care what it is, if it's one single or if it's 100 singles, mm-hmm. or if it's two albums, if it's two months, you know, two, uh, 200 albums, are they willing to work, um, dedicate 
themselves as far as passion and, and drive to whatever it takes to just make sure that they get heard. That's the number one thing that an artist needs to understand. Music is embedded in you. It's your story. It, you know, it's not just about branding yourself as an artist and making money. Money will come with your purpose. It'll come with, you know, your determination to make make it wherever you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. So that's something that they must understand before coming to my platform. Some artists, they come to me and they're like, look, I just want to go platinum. Mm-hmm. And, right. And, you know, automatically I can tell that their mind is not in the right place because all the artists that are mainstream right now, if you look at the successful ones, not the ones that are on the radio now and, you know, have been successful at it for a year or two. I'm talking about the Snoop Dogs and the Jay-Zs and the ones that have been in the business for 20-plus years. Right. They didn't just go out and just blow up and go platinum overnight. No. No. You know, it took day in and day out of of practice, of writing, of getting in and out of the studio, of doing it over and over again, of, you know, countless performances. And not only performances, but rehearsals. So there's so much that comes with an artist. Um, I think there's a lack of management. There's a lack of trust on both the artist versus the management side. Um mm-hmm. When it comes to oh I, you know I don't I don't need a manager because I've been screwed so many times, and um, you know a manager too a manager will see there's there's potential in money and they'll let the artist have whatever image they want to portray, not knowing that that's destroying their potential. But if it's for instance, let me give an example. Okay, I'm not going to say any names, but if an artist is rapping about something degrading, and I'm just going to speak on popping mollies because that seemed to be the trend for mm-hmm. a while. Um, you know, what's popular and on the radio doesn't necessarily mean it's something that you should allow as a manager or a management team or a label owner to, you know, use this artist and put them out there for money, for the purpose mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you know, gaining funds for the team or whatever. Because, for one, Molly is ecstasy, crack, and heroin, you know, and cocaine. Like, why would you want to tie not only yourself to that, but this artist destroying the image who is going to have all these fans. Nine times out of ten, the fans will be teenagers and maybe, you know, early 20s or whatever, and and their own supporters. Why would you want to, to be a part of that for money? So that... I I think has become an issue with the thought process of these artists. There's no longer um, a purpose. It's, you know what, I just want to feed my family. Mm -hmm. So if I have to get out and pop some mollies and and rap about it, then, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to go ahead, and once I get to a certain level of of income, then I'll try to come back and go talk about being motivational and an influence. No, that's backwards. And there's no coming back. Right, because they're going to already associate you with, you right. know, all these degrading artists and say, no, 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 you, you can't. Up a good point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Branding in this, you know, because branding, most, most artists, don't, I don't think, have a clue. Exactly. And the 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 fact that it's so easily accessible nowadays to just go on iTunes and put your song on there and just blast it out to, you know, social media. Mm-hmm. And if you see a result, it's, you know, 
it's it's enticing. Oh, I just mm-hmm. got a hundred dollars mm-hmm. in one day off of talking about nothing. Okay, mm-hmm. hey, this works. You know, it, it beats eating crackers and ketchup and bread. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what I think is um, something else. I'm hearing something else. I'm hearing in in your dialogue, and that is also sacrifice uh, and not going mm-hmm. for. Uh, just the dollar and uh, going for the integrity of, 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 of the game of what it is that you do. Is, is that also what exactly. I'm hearing? Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to go to bed at night. You have to you have to answer for all your shortcomings and your mm-hmm. whatever it is that you sold yourself out for. You know, you you lay your head down and you close your eyes and think, okay, this is, is this me? Um, your kids, if there are kids involved. They're looking at this artist as an example. I mean, is this mm-hmm. what you want for your kids to grow up, you know, um, dancing and, and grooving? I mean, at the end of the day, you're not doing anything but hurting people. A song that comes to mind is um, uh, Lupe Fiasco. Excuse me, I don't know if I can cuss, but it's called Bitch Bad. If you mm-hmm. haven't heard that song, you got to go download it or, um, you know, Go, go Google it or, or YouTube it, but it, it shows the perfect depiction of where we are today. These, a young son is watching his mother groove to a song singing She's a Bad Bitch, okay? Mm-hmm. He thinks that's okay because mm-hmm. she's doing it, but nowhere in his mind is he considering her as a degrade, you know, of herself. She, he looks at her with the utmost respect. Mm-hmm. So then as he grows up, he thinks it's okay to call women that. And when somebody like whoever, you know, just some random woman comes and is trying to get at him, so to speak, court him or whatnot, he's going to look at her like, no, you're nothing like my mom and all this mm-hmm. whatever it is. That you, it's a confusion that mm-hmm. we're creating for these kids. The, mm-hmm. you know, the, the dancing half-naked of these women, it, it seems to be okay now. You can see three, four, five-year-olds, um, you know, the same type of outfits, and the mall, as the mother, would wear in a club. Unbelievable. I know. You know, and I'm not just going to speak on women. Men, it, it's the same with men. Yeah. You know? The, all the, the, the influence that they're, that they're portraying, you know, treating women that certain way, these kids are watching. For, for the uh, plain devil's advocate, because there's always been an argument about, uh, um, you know, blame it on, on the media, blame it on the artists or what have you. What responsibility do we put on the people who are following? The people who are what now? What responsibility do we put on the people who are following these artists, and why do you think they are? Oh, you know, once something becomes becomes a trend, that's the difference between a leader and a follower. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, you know, somebody has to get in front and go, okay, you know what, this is not what we want to portray as our team or as our family um, should be portraying or whatever. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it is the blame of the followers indeed. However... One can also argue, why are you allowing your kids to watch this type of thing? Why are you allowing your kids to listen to this type Mm -hmm. of thing? Mm -hmm. Even as adults, um, you know, a lot of people in in my circle even will say, you know what, I'm just here to support, but I would never pop mollies or I would never, uh, a lot of them don't even drink. 
You know, mm-hmm. they'll be in a social mm-hmm. environment where it's nothing but alcohol, drugs, sex, and, and violence, but they're just there out of support. Sometimes, you know, the it needs there needs to be more trendsetters. And that person, whoever may have the most influence in the circle or, or group or whatever, needs to step up and go, okay, you know what? This is too much. I won't be a part of this. Um, let me give you an example. Ricky Ross, Freeway Ricky Ross. He doesn't drink. And he may be affiliated with artists who will, you know, do what they do and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, take pictures or whatnot, pop in bottles. But you will never see him with a drink in his hand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter if there's a check involved or if there's a, uh, you know, he he will rarely. And if there is something like that happen, it might be, it's probably on accident. You know, like, here, hold this real quick. You took the picture. But <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There has to be the, the leaders in the pack that, take charge of whoever these followers, you know, all their followers, and and be able to say, you know what, it's okay to be different. It's okay to stand out. You know, I'm not going to be seen, let's just say someone as a man needs to say, I'm not going to be seen in these skinny jeans. I'm sorry, I don't care how popular they are and what designer made them. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, that they need to be able to take a stand. So do I blame the followers? Absolutely. But, I mean, we we can't shelter. We can't shelter the world from what it is, what mm-hmm. it's portraying right now. That, that me of all people know, preacher's kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. What happens? What happens to the preacher kids? They act out because they're sheltered. They can't, they don't see anything. They don't hear anything. So the minute they go out, oh, Lord have mercy. Go buck wild. Go buck wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, the media is going to do what they do, regardless. The news, yeah. So where is Blasia uh, in the next uh, five years? What impact uh, do you want to make in the industry? Uh, and what would you like your le- legacy to be? Well, right now I have 257 artists that I've helped. Um, um, literally, they all have stories where, you know, I've stopped them from going to jail from pr- to prison to get another felony or going back on the, on the three-striker situation um, and turned it to the music. So in five years, uh, I want to be at, at least 5,000. You know, I want this number to grow. And I always tell them, I literally want to have a platform to where I make the underground turn mainstream. I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to support, you know, even though, don't get me wrong, major labels have done what they've done and have created a successful line of artists, you know, and and, and a source of entertainment for everyone. However, you know, the the deals, the structures of the contracts, I I'm just completely against it. I don't think that it ties you know, I think it ties down artists to where they, they no longer have a purpose. It's no longer a reason for what they're doing. It, you know, it's uh, they're doing this for to, to pay off a debt. So mm-hmm. where I want to be in five years is literally the front heads saying goodbye to all the major labels. And I, 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 I literally want them to hate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, Great goal. a lot of the big heads have come to me and they've joined forces with me and they are no longer with the big know with these major labels and I mean eventually that's what it's going to be that's what it's going to come down to 
Well, I, I, think, I think you will be able to do it uh, uh, probably in record time only because I think it's just a, 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 a time has come, I think, you know, uh, especially with uh, the independence of social media, uh, the right. Internet and technology. I think there, it, 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 the writing's on the wall. The same thing's happening in television and video and movies. The same thing is happening. So I think you're right on, right on track. Absolutely. So what I want to do is I want to uh, make a point to ask you to come back on the show because we could talk forever. Uh, <laughs> there's so many topics and so much to talk about, uh, as well as uh, uh, have uh, uh, as many of your uh, your artists always have a home uh, here on the Philippe Matthews Show. Uh, but Correct. I know you're doing yeah, absolutely, and I know you're doing a book, so we definitely got to have you come back for that. But uh, I just want to say thank you for being you, doing what you're doing, and standing in the integrity 